So I've just been, not to totally derail this, but I've been sitting with on my second monitor, I just Googled Morbius, because I like seeing what Google puts in, you know, the people also ask and the user review stuff. We've got uh, always a good a good sign for your movie uh, when the people also ask box is, was Morbius a flop? And the movie hasn't even been out for a week yet. That's a good time. That's mm-hmm. a good time. Mm-hmm. I'm seeing a headline here. Uh, Jared Leto reportedly had Morbius crew push him in a wheelchair uh, to go to the bathroom because he's that type of method actor. Yep. The kind that annoys everybody around them when they're not. Yeah, filming. that's yeah. just a giant douche. Uh, we've got a five-star audience review you just here. Act. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's the, what is it, Michael Caine? He's like, you could just act. You don't have to. You could just, you just act. You could just, <laughs> just act. You could just pretend. This is got the a, third uh, movie in the Sony Spider-Man universe, according to Wikipedia. Yes. And uh, by Spider-Man universe, they mean the Venom universe because. Yeah, Venom, Let There yeah, Be Carnage, Venom. Morbius, and then Kraven is also in development. Yeah, making a fucking Kraven the Hunter. Can't Another very mediocre villain that they are making yeah. an entire. Look, Sony has been trying, legitimately trying to get a Sinister Six film off the ground for like 20 years at this point. It's honestly impressive how hard they've like been trying. Like Funhouse Mirror Avengers, they're fucking it up so hard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Five-star review on Google yeah. here. To be honest with myself, Morbius is probably the best and my most second favorite installment in Sony's Spider-Man universe. Most wow. second, wow. <laughs> Glowing. But uh, I'm not sure why everyone else disapprove of this film so much. Hmm, hmm. Uh, I don't know what Morbius is. I understand he, that he's fine. a vampire. Yeah, he's a vampire played by Jared like Leto. There's a, a Doctor Who is in this. I think that's that guy, he, right? Was he a doctor? He's vampire-esque, but I don't think it's like he's science mouth hands. vampire. Oh, vampire-esque is my favorite architectural period. <laughs> they Same. bond over their shared blood illness and desire to be normal. Their adoptive father and hospital director, Nicholas, arranges for Michael to attend medical school in New York. So, blood blood illness. Yeah, he's, li- he's also liter- yeah, literally Dr. Morbius, which is... Like the soul patch. Yeah. It, seems, like- it seems like I wish the movie was worse, because if it was worse, it would be entertaining. They call him the first vampire, but, like, canonically, in Marvel... Dracula exists. Yes. Are they gonna Dracula? <laughs> yeah. Dracula canonically, is, canonically yeah, like Santa. Canonically, Santa also yeah. exists. In, <laughs> I think but both like, Marvel and DC have canonical appearances by Santa Claus. But like Blade, the vampire hunter, who is also half vampire, mm-hmm. fights vampires long before Morbius got a blood disease. Yeah, but you know. But no, look. Morbius takes the credit for that one, I guess. But I think is very funny, and you could tell that this movie was going to be very good uh, before it ever came out. Uh, was when the pre-release like uh, press tour turned into the uh, start seeing headlines of uh, director answers questions about post-credit scene, and it's like Jesus fucking Christ! You can tell a movie it's going to be great when its marketing has pivoted into let's spoil the post-credit scene for comic book nerds. <laughs> Yeah, let's just show you the end where they set up the next film. So yeah, where dodge the entire so, film. Spoilers. Apparently, Sony is just like, you know, we don't own any of the other bits of the Marvel Cinematic Universe that our Spider-Man stuff uh, fits into. 
So we're just gonna make it happen anyway and just say, hey, you know that stuff, the multiverse stuff in that last Spider-Man movie? It also sent the Vulture into the Venomverse and he shows up and it's like, Jesus fucking Christ, kill me. Comic book movies are a plague. Uh, they didn't used to be. <laughs> no. You know, if they put it on streaming, I would have watched it, you know. I wouldn't. I <laughs> I avoid all these movies, all the DC movies I haven't seen, and I won't see this either. Um, I want to see Eternals still. It's the one Marvel movie that got away somehow. It just like totally flew under the radar. It's the uh, it it's Marvel's version of a DC movie. <laughs> so it's Perfect. an extremely flat, bland color grade. It's way too long and has 400 characters in it. It's I'm just uh, I'm just excited that it has Barry Keegan in it from uh, Killing of a Sacred Deer because he's a he's a weird looking little dude and yeah. I can't imagine him being a superhero. <laughs> Let me tell you, if uh, this current trend of superhero movies continues, we're gonna see a lot of weird little dudes in superhero movies because like who the fuck else is left? Mitzelplexen, the movie! Hooray! <laughs> Actually, know it'd be that. great. Hey, Warner Brothers, make an Animal Man movie. Base it around that new 52 relaunch version. That was like. Where's my Howard shit. the Duck film? Yeah, reboot I'm, Howard I'm the sorry, Duck. I got this wrong. It's Mr. Mitzelplex, which in the Superman cartoon was voiced by Gilbert Gottfried. And I think that's how he could return to cinema in his reprisal role of Mr. Mitzelplex. I mean, he did feature, speaking of New 52 and the very good, uh, I believe it was Mr. Mitzelplex, showed up in the New 52 relaunch of uh, action comics. It was Grant Morrison doing a, an origin, uh, like a young Superman story where he was still in like jeans and a t-shirt jumping, you know, leaping tall buildings in a single bound type Superman. It's pretty good. The rest of the New 52 outside of like three comics sucked shit, but you know. Welcome to the Funcast, a comic books podcast. We talk about things uh, about movies. Apparently Morbius is getting, it somehow knocked Will Smith's incredible power move out of the news media. And now it is the terrible flavor of the week. And yet the world is on fire, literally and figuratively. <laughs> But here, we want to talk about more important things, such as... Mouth hands vampire. Video games. Oh, th those two, yeah, I guess. So, I'm getting let's get signals. started. Is it I'll let, or video games? I'll let Daniel figure out how to cut this together, this mess. This is the new fun challenge that I like to give to Daniel. Instead of doing a format... I just say things and Daniel will figure it out, I'm sure. You know, sure honestly, paying attention while editing. Honestly, <laughs> makes it easier. I don't have to do I don't do any I do very little actual editing now. I just kind of go, "Yep, that's the segment." And then uh put a line <laughs> on the timeline. Just going to leave it all in. Yep. Wait, we don't have the sound effects in the Oh, the, no, I still the... do that. That's what the line's oh, for. Okay. That's the line Woo. to split the segment, but I don't edit. Save. Line line export selected audio. Good. <laughs> That's we should uh, we should round up how many times we say cut this out of the episode, <laughs> and how many times I it doesn't four, actually get like cut three, out of the three episode. or four times an episode. I think I've only actually cut a <laughs> please cut this out of the episode twice. I think every other time it stayed in. <laughs> you fucking true. All my all my spicy <laughs> political takes are still in there. <laughs> That's gonna be great for y'all. 
Also, the one where you were logging into your email and you were just saying your password out loud as you typed it out before you realized your mic was on. That's yeah. still in there, too. On uh, that one where you just started uh, reciting whatever the Canadian equivalent of social security numbers are. It's a social <laughs> security number. Oh, wow. Actually, I think it's those? technically a social insurance number here in Ontario, but, you know, it's basically the same thing. Basically the same thing. I think I've only ever had to use it for, like... Oh, you're I'm I'm applying for a thing at a bank or whatever and they want it. Shit, where is that card? <laughs> I don't That's know where that is. Don't use it as a foundational basis for literally everything you do. Yeah. I don't understand. It's weird. Yeah, we got to um, use that shit on like job applications over here. Buying a rotisserie chicken or Yeah. Speaking yeah. of. I'm going to I'm going to speaking of rotisserie chicken. Yeah. Have you, have you guys heard about this Elden Ring? This <laughs> <with> Brandon Sanderson. <laughs> Damn it, it was almost flawless. I almost had it perfectly. No, no, I've never heard of Elden Ring. Please go on. Is that a Fucking new brand video game, game novel? Dude. <laughs> uh, I actually, who posted this article? Because I want to know more about who Brandon Sanderson is. That, that was name me. sounds really familiar. <laughs> Prolific writer Brandon Sanderson? No, no. Man who you assume wrote, that I read books or know anything about Man who writes, them. who is famous for just never not having a new novel come out. Uh, I mean, I've never, I haven't read uh, a single book by him, but I just know that his output is absurd. Stormlight. He, okay, who I've writes, heard of Stormlight. Who writes so many books that he, in the middle of still writing other books and keeping them on schedule, uh, accidentally wrote four books in secret over the last year and released he's, them as he's part the of the... He's the anti-George R.R. Martin. And put them out as part <laughs> of the the biggest, most funded Kickstarter of all time. I believe they are... I believe that thing crossed yeah. forty one million dollars. Yeah, yeah. He, he he literally just like suddenly released four books on Kickstarter. Yeah. Like, yeah, Surprise. I, I wrote these over the pandemic by accident. Because yeah. he was like he in like a v very good video, he like had like pie charts of like here's how I spend my time and like twenty nineteen a third of my year or something was traveling to conventions. And then when the pandemic happened and I didn't do that, I suddenly had more time to both write and spend with my family. So it's like, you know, <laughs> Fucking thumbs up for work-life balance, my dude. Like, that worked out great for you. That sounds awesome. <laughs> so Sanderson is is fantasy Stephen King. That's what I'm... Yes, actually. Yeah, yeah that's not a bad take. Yeah, without he's the... he's not from Maine, I assume. Less no, Maine in his he's stories. Mormon, so well, actually, there's no cocaine either. all the stories either. take place in Maine. Oh, okay, interesting. <laughs> yeah. It's where all the cool stuff happens. Yep. Uh, this what's weirdest about this article to me is that it says Elden Ring and Dark Souls publisher <laughs> Bandai Namco has guys, reached out to Brandon really... Anderson. Like, yeah, not the developers, not Miyazaki, not you know anyone who might actually make a game. The publisher, you know, the ones that make good decisions, especially Bandai Namco, they reached out to this author. I think it's Very like weird. what's so funny about this article is that like okay, they sent me a thing, they reached out. And then there's like a quote because Brandon Sanderson like streams all the time. You can just like check in like once a week and he does, you know, community stuff. Quote, they are interested in perhaps doing something together is what that says. I am as well, actually. This is how I roll. I actually have a pitch for them in the back of my head. So I may have to send them my pitch and see what they think. Like, fucking yeah. calm down, Brandon. How do you have a Like, it's unfair how much creative output you have. Please stop. You should not have... Bandai Namco from soft pitch just sitting in the back of your head at all times ready to go. It's not fair. I like these uh salty quotes at the end from from a live stream. 
they choose someone who spends his days blogging about NFL rather than players who played their game since Kingsfield and has listed their games on his top 10 consistently over time. What are you thinking, people? If you don't know, they went to George and made a new game with George. And I'm like, George doesn't play video games. George has no idea. So anyway, there you go. Guys, God, I don't I follow Brandon. Uh, Brandon Sanderson. Is he is he a saucy little bitch? No, <laughs> he's he's very firmly tongue-in-cheek almost all the time when he's on video. It's kind of why he's so likable. Never self-deprecating, but always very, like, faux saucy, which is, uh, I think... Hey, at least enjoyable personality up, right? for a writer. Yeah. yeah I think everyone's allowed George. to punch up at George R. R. Martin. I mean, where's the book, George? He didn't say where, anything where untrue. It? He does spend more time blogging about the NFL than he does writing his own goddamn novels these days. Maybe George the next R. R. one is, is football. Loves the NFL. <laughs> it's a it's a tie-in with the uh, John Boys yeah, seventeen they, seventeen seventeen. It's a true fantasy football. They settled yeah. the war for the throne on the grid. I actually, that would actually be very funny if he wrote like the grid a of irons. Games Workshop <laughs> announces partnership with George R. R. Martin to write a Blood Bowl novel. Don't, Blood Bowl is their fantasy no, football. Don't, don't do Blood Bowl. You know, there's actually not a cringy sport in uh, Game of Thrones that's loosely based on football. He actually went with jousting and like you know yeah, sword tournament. Fucker. He could have. He could have been like, oh, football, but no, he restrained himself, and I appreciate that. I feel like that will be one of his many regrets. If he actually threw in football, maybe he'd be encouraged to write the rest of the scenes around the football scenes. The Game of Kings! Yeah. Oh, oh boy. Good. He actually writes, his whole joke is it's football. He just impart, imports the uh, NFL rule set, but calls it soccer. <laughs> Got him. Uh, Gridiron soccer. For in other from software news, and also weirdly a, a a theme that's trending from last week's episode, where things are being removed from Steam uh, today or recently. Ninja Blade, the game FromSoft made, and no one's ever heard of it or played it unless you watched <laughs> an Iron Pineapple video about it, like I did. It's something. <laughs> uh, I guess it's gone from Steam. Yeah, weirdly, it just got delisted. Kind of randomly returns so think, to the like, ether. Like normally, when things get delisted from Steam, it's like music licensing, like Grand Theft Autos and whatever. You know, the developer negotiates like a ten-year license for licensed music, and then the time comes, the license is up, and like, well, this game's not worth continuing to sell. We'll just fucking pull it because it doesn't matter. It's easier to do that than it is to either relicense the music because the game's not selling, or to pull that music specifically. Uh, this just seems like it just vanished. Perfect. FromSoft is clearing its tracks. You're covering its tracks. We've All of always its... just been Souls games. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, they said they said Souls only. Our first game was Kingsfield, and then our second game was Demon Souls. That's it. And then that's all we did. Armored Ooh, what now? I don't. I don't know what you're talking about. My favorite thing about Ninja Blade is that yes, the Moonlight Greatsword <laughs> is in Ninja Blade. Uh, yeah, it's it's in Armored Core too. To find it, but <laughs> you can have a robot within Moonlight Greatsword if you really want to. Apparently, so I'm looking on Steam. It does say at the request of the publisher, and the publisher is listed as either ND Games and Bit Composer Games, uh, who by the Steam search, at least on Steam. Between the two of them have four games published, uh, one of which is Dark Sector, 
another mid-generation banger that nobody remembers. And then, like, Galaxy on Fire 2, full HD, and then two games I've never heard of. So I don't, like, look. Before, For me, that's four games I've never heard of. Before Souls, uh, FromSoft... FromSoft is, let's say, never has not exactly had a, a glowing relationship with its stable of publishers. I think until Sony bought Demon Souls and Bloodborne, they haven't. They've they've always had to find some somebody else to publish their shit outside of Japan. Yeah, they've always had to find someone to trick into publishing their game. Yeah, Dark Sector is one of those games where someone drew some concept art, and then they were like, "This is all we need to make a game." And that concept art was a glaive that he throws, and it has three blades on it. Dark and Sector enough is the game, the game that eventually became that was the genesis of the ideas for Warframe. Which is why it's cool. It's digital extremes. Like the there's some very early pre-release stuff for Dark Sector of like an E3 demo or something, and it's literally a dude in like a, a suit that is just um, Excalibur from Warframe with the throwing glaive. And then that idea they couldn't get Warframe to work, so they made Dark Sector, and then just took all those ideas and made Warframe like nine years ago. Like, oh, we meant to be awesome. making this actually. Yeah, isn't this just Crisis as well? Isn't Crisis this this quote? Yes, I this hate? this but third person shooter. Yeah, and isn't this also what's that other one this where is, you're the super cop? Andrew, Andrew, this is ev- this is every game from this no. decade. <laughs> every game <laughs> is just this is just you get weird powers and a cool weapon, and we built a whole game around that weird. And then weapon. you level up the power or whatever. Yeah, this is every game from 2006. That's what I was thinking of. Isn't this just Crackdown? Yes, basically Crackdown. Isn't this just uh, Saints Row two through five (laughs) or whatever? Wherever they start introducing ridiculous superpowers, it's also like just Ratchet and Clank and Jack and Dexter. Earlier, wow, Dark Day, Dark Days. What's the other game where you are like have a robot arm, just one messed up Bionic Commando? That got a reboot around the same time. That was also not good. I shouldn't say it's not good. It's 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 interesting. Yes, Bionic Commando. That is exactly wow. Robot arm. You knew exactly what I was talking about. No, it's from this era as well. It's from that era of should have been uh, in Smash. Particularly tarnished of Japanese developers trying to make Western games on Japanese domestic budgets. Oh, that was a good uh, era. Was it? This sounds awful. Metal Gear hey, Rising. This Revenge, is the that's the right? version of uh what's his name? That game whips ass. Spencer? What the fuck is the whatever the name of the Bionic Commando dude is? He ended up in Marvel versus Spencer. Capcom 3, which is uh the most he's been in a video game. I've heard a lot of people talk about Revengeance. I've watched the speedrun, and that was very entertaining. So I mean <laughs> the game can't be all that bad. But I don't know if it's for me. That's just good. Let's get back to fantasy, huh? Or like post-apocalyptic future. Speaking of post-apocalyptic future. Oh, boy. Um, MLB the show. What? No, uh, in- Indie Darling Hyperlight Drifter, which came out quite a while ago at this point, um, has had this 3D sequel of sorts in the works. I don't think it's a direct sequel. I think it was always supposed to be like, either in the world of or just heavily inspired by. Uh, but they've been developing it for like years and years and years. I guess they just, I don't know. I don't remember the, having a name up until now. So I'm going to say that the name is announced, which is Hyperlight Breaker. Well, there's uh, like there's, a trailer now too. Yeah, there's like a it's real. trailer. 
And it's just it it's a very weird shift in direction uh, since Hyperlight Drifter was like about the slow sort of story of uh, a very quiet, empty world. And you're trying to figure out what is going on and where you are. And it was a Metroidvania of sorts, you know, um, but Hyperlight Breaker seems 3d and colorful and maybe it is another lonely world but like i don't know can they fill it's it funny, with the, interesting the, stuff the name of the world is literally the overgrowth which is like the ultimate name for overgrown post-apocalyptic world think fucking uh, near automata style just the buildings yeah, have lots go. on I don't know. yeah i don't know the world is an adjective it's lonely to be honest, I prefer that world to the uh, worlds we were just talking about, where someone yeah. has a robot arm and they're just I'm... bouncing around, destroying well, paramilitary groups. This game probably <laughs> won't have like poison death fog like the Bionic Commando game did. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the main they character made... has a tail. Yeah. So, so what's weird is like this isn't so like all the hyper light like hyper life drifter was its own thing, and then they've made. And I didn't know this until I was reading about this. This is their. Th- this will be their third game set in the Hyper Light universe. There's another third. one of these, which I didn't know third. about. It's like a weird. It's like a, I think it's on PlayStation. It's like a more exploration-y sort of game, also set in this Hyper Light world, but in a different place. So it might as well not be the same world because I don't. Oh, fucking... Solar Ash. Yeah. Solar See, Ash. this came out. This is what I was thinking of. Solar yeah. Ash. Oh my God. Yeah. Okay. Right. <laughs> and this is why I thought I was going insane because I was like, this game exists and it came yeah. out. No, what are we it talking doesn't about exist. It's game. a different oh, game. Yeah, I yeah. totally forgot. Holy so- shit. Solar Ash apparently set in the same universe as the Hyperlight, and I don't, I've never played it because I forgot it came out. And it's on Epic Store, is why no one played it. And it's yeah. Oh, I think it's, it's, it's Epic on PC, and I think it's like playstation exclusive for consoles yeah yeah ps4 ps5 yeah which is like a weird split Uh, not a not a great way to get hype out for your game y'all now i have to take back everything i said hyper light breaker i thought was solar ash no solar ash is the thing they announced forever solar ash is like a slower exploration-y puzzly thing without as much combat i think this is more seems more like hyper light an actual sequel to hyper light drifter which is like fucking finally because hyperlight drifter rules yeah but this is it's gonna be 3d yeah oh my god the <laughs> risk of rain to it Ugh. make you forget about yeah where they fucking risk of rain it. one except that the soundtrack won't be as good that's my hot take for the day i guess not not as hot as you assume yeah i not to say i dislike the soundtrack for risk of rain 2 but that first one is special it's got a online co-op. Are you uh, are you excited about that, Andrew? No, not at all. I hate playing games with other people. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I I have no excitement or not for this game. I kind of want to play Solar Ash, and maybe based on Solar Ash, I'd have like more of a feeling towards Hyperlight Breaker. I like- My only problem with Hyperlight Drifter when it came out was it was so like up its own butt when it, when like people were talking <laughs> about how great it was and all this stuff, and it was just a little like too esoteric for me. I was like, it's good, but it's Dead Cells has the same vibe where people are like, Dead Cells is like the greatest game I ever played. It's like, is it? Um, it's pretty good. So I mean, Tim, I you, and, you and I played Drifter co-op that one time, and it felt like some like snappy anime bullshit. 
You we can did? play Hyperlight Drifter co-op. Yeah, it's too. Oh my god, you can. Yeah, get with the times. Yeah, old I man. think it's local co-op. Yeah, that's so weird. I also remember like, spending twenty minutes doing the hundreds consecutive dashes. Yes, uh, maybe, maybe uh, that maybe that tainted my view of the game slightly. So you know the <laughs> uh, well, much like dodging the hundred lightning bolts in Final Fantasy X, the hundred dodges are easily done with a uh, keyboard macro. <laughs> That's not the same. So just do that and and avoid the frustration. They make macro controllers. Give it the times. <laughs> you keep telling me to give it the times. It's almost like I you're behind like... the times. I feel like I'm behind the times. <laughs> Speaking of behind the times, let's talk about real games that real people, real gamers are excited about. It's, it's, it's Monkey Island 3, right? Yeah, five, the third I one? think, actually. If, <laughs> six? If Monkey Island can get with the times, so can okay, you. Actually, I think it's technically six because five was a PS2 game, right? Monkey Island Ad- Adventures in Monkey Island or something. I think that was. But only so many of them had the like original guy, yeah. right? Basically, okay. Four is Curse of Monkey Island. It's all right. People hate that game. It's fine. Three people also weirdly rate three way below one and two, but like three is the one that cartoonified the art style and got a voice actor for the main character, and it's like. That's the iconic style of Monkey Island. When people think about Monkey Island, they think about Monkey Island 3. Monkey Island 3 fucking rules. So I was really excited to see uh, the man himself, Ron Gilbert, on Twitter be like, no, 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 no. This is a def- Monkey Island 3 still canon. <laughs> Murray is in this game. I've never also, played Ron any of Gilbert's these. making video games again <laughs> with the help I've of LucasArts. LucasArts Lucas games. Um, I looked into this, by the way, because I was very confused. I was like, really sure that LucasArts dissolved. Yeah. And I found out it didn't actually dissolve. It sort of did. It just fired everyone except for like 10 people. Yeah. Um, So it's, so I was also, I was equally surprised when I saw, A, they're making it. And I was like, oh, that's bizarre because who the fuck wants a new Monkey Island without LucasArts or Ron Gilbert? And then both Ron Gilbert and LucasArts are involved. Just like pulled out of the aether from retirement or whatever. Yeah, LucasArts is just a licensing company, but at least that means that they'll have, you know, full licensing the archives, availability. I guess, because, like, LucasArts... Keep in mind, this is... So this is a Disney game now, yeah. so keep that in mind. Like, <laughs> LucasArts famously has archives for everything they've ever worked on. They're extremely good about archiving their shit, and it goes for their games. So, like, I'm... I wouldn't be surprised if there's some, like, zip drive somewhere in, like, a... In, like, hidden in, like, the drop ceiling somebody found. It's like, hey, we got all the sketch art we did for monkey island 2 40 years ago or whatever 500 years ago we'll give that over to them and they can i don't know have some authenticity or whatever i'm just shocked this is happening i think i'm more shocked it's happening than i am excited to play it i uh i feel like i need to go back and play some of the monkey islands i played the first one a very little bit and i just don't really remember it i don't think i got very far i got a lot further in you know it's friends the indiana jones fate of atlantis yes. and um day of the tentacle i love day of the tentacle that I is mean, if definitely you, one of my favorite you, you'll clicks. probably i would say actually play monkey island 2 or monkey island 3 if you like day of the tentacle uh, monkey yeah. island 1 is a little rough still very good but like 2 and 3 are phenomenal adventure games One's rough just because it's esoteric, right? Like yeah. the puzzles are like yes, and like uh, they ha, hadn't ha. they hadn't figured out it. the they hadn't figured out like the tone they were trying to hit uh, quite as well. Um, they're oh, 
can't like it also just again like ron got ron gilbert back to work on his fucking baby it just like are you kidding me i mean more power me to uh yeah like more power to 60. more power to like game reboots involving the original creative team i guess you know it's nice to see if they're still alive yeah, that too. I, I mean, if somebody wants to like necromancy themselves, a uh, ex game developer. Yeah, or if you have a Ouija board, you know, whatever you gotta do. <laughs> a Wii U board. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably a concept for an indie game where it's written by a Ouija board. Huh, I mean, they yeah. put games out for the Genesis still. I mean, you can always make a make a spooky Wii U game. No, no, some I, of, the, I some like of them are even Dean's new games. You make like a middle school style horror game you know in the you know five nights of freddy's style where you like get those middle schooler audience and you say this game was written by a ouija board and it like by dead people yeah i think that'll work i think that's good get on it into the mystery actually wait you're the game developer here get on it andrew (laughs) get get matt pat to make a theory well yeah (laughs) all the kids will love it start coming in (laughs) any day now uh i think that kind of covers it for news um tim have you ever played any of the lucas arts games uh, or were you a sierra mm-hmm. kid let's re let's let's reinvigorate i wasn't, this I wasn't old really argument. an adventure game guy i always saw them as a little <laughs> um annoying because the logic involved in a lot of the puzzles that i ended up playing that i don't fair, remember which I am... one they played it, it just it just didn't work I'm like 10 years too young to really be an adventure game kid. My whole experience is like King's Quest 6 and then like Day of the Tentacle and Monkey Island 3. That's like my entire adventure game backstory. But like I picked some good ones, I guess, <laughs> to play in the mid 90s. I mean, I played um, later Alligator, if you want to count that. Oh, and I guess also the first Freddy Fish. I played that. Does Freddy Fish count? I guess yeah, so. Yeah, Freddy Fish is <laughs> an adventure game. So it was Putt-Putt. Space and Quest. Math Blaster, I think, had a, an adventure adventure games. I played Space Quest. I've also watched all the Space Quest playthroughs because yeah, pretty they're fascinating. Yeah. I think they're more fun to watch than play. I might watch someone play all the original There's a, a really good, I believe they are Polish? No, actually, I, I'm totally wrong. They're New York-based. Uh, Wadget Eye makes a bunch of really good modern oh, yeah. pixely adventure games. Uh, they're sure. still working on. I mean, they released Strangeland last year, which is you know nice to see. But like, Unavowed is really good. It's like a modern fantasy detective story where you're like, yeah, I've heard a, good things about wizard, Unavowed. like a shitty wizard hunting, like a working with like a genie to hunt down. Like you, um, fantasy you talked about Unavowed during the yeah. first iteration of the fun cast. Yeah, I remember really this vividly. Unavowed's yeah. real good. They did a good like Blade Runnery cyberpunk one too. Yeah, well, adventure games—they're all over the place, and they've intersected with visual novels. And there's there's more adventure games now out there than I think there have ever been. <laughs> Tunic's an adventure game, really. <laughs> Fez is an adventure game. <laughs> um, what, what defines an adventure, my dude? Uh, puzzles. We're not getting <laughs> into this. We're not getting into this. We got the <laughs> genre flowchart here. Welcome Let's to my philosophy the, uh... podcast. What Baba really? is you is okay. an adventure game. <laughs> I stand by that. An adventure for the mind. Thank you. Uh, all right, on to the most exciting segment: platform wars, uh, where we talk about how it's a race to the bottom 
and they're all getting there eventually. But you know what they're doing together? They, the, the, the platforms have put aside their differences in their one united cause to destroy E3. And with their powers combined, Nintendo's Treehouse, Sony Direct, and Xbox doing something else, <laughs> there is no reason for E3 to exist anymore. And uh, I guess there's no E3 this year. Yeah, Maybe womp, it'll womp. return next year, but... I mean, yeah, the PR nice. guy for the PR guy for Razer was—I guess he got an email, and he, then he just tweeted out, "He's just like, uh, E3's uh, is canceled this year. Uh, that's uh, unfortunate. I don't, how do you? Did you guys not love E3? You guys don't? I enjoy Me? like the legit. No, not at all. Zero. I see I it see... as dumb and like like uh, superfluous as the Keelys. So, I mean, yeah, I agree, but also like I enjoyed the I enjoyed it from the aspect of like I liked all the pomp and you know watching all the, giant bombs all the cringe couch streams <laughs> at night. That was kind of the whole you know, it was an event. It was neat. It was like a it was like a mainstay in, for me growing up, you know? Yeah, so to have people like, in one you know? place talking about upcoming video games without the need to like shoehorn an award show into the middle of it, you know? Before they mm-hmm. sold out, so to speak. <laughs> Before it went mainstream. Before it went that mainstream. Underground and they sold E3 out show. To those fucking Corpo shills. Fucking back normie. when it went back <laughs> when it was just 45 minute long business presentations to other businessmen. Have you ever cutting edge stuff? Have you ever looked at some of like old E3 footage before it became about like booths and an exhibition where it was literally God. just here's a business slideshow about the upcoming console? Yes. God. And I've seen the GDC ones that were like that too. And so they were weird. all awful. And they all have even worse after parties and did worse things than you can imagine. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I do like there's a very famous one when I think it was, what was it, the PlayStation 2? No, I think it was the PlayStation. Sony was talking about it and like the Saturn or whatever had just announced at $399. And so they had the president of like Sony North America come on stage and he just walks up, just says $299 and walks off stage. And uh, thus Sega died. Because the PlayStation announced at a hundred dollars cheaper, <laughs> literally one later. Swamp, swamp. Or Sega. I think it was the uh, might have been might have been the place. I forget which one because Sony had some real banger of a press conference for multiple PlayStations in a row. Let's say. Yeah, I don't know why. E3, I guess I'm I'm alone on this one. E3 has always felt dumb to me. I'm I'm sorry. I'll uh, I'll take my wet blanket energy. And just revel in how correct I was that E3 was going to eventually meet its doom. I just, uh, I just have fond memories of uh, coming home from school and fl- flipping onto G4 and oh, what's this? No cops today. It's E3 time. Yeah, time to Woo! watch. Yeah. We're not, not, we're not watching cheaters today, fellas. <laughs> it's E3 time. The the games channel is doing the games news. Oh, yeah, man. I don't know. I, I I enjoy it as an event. I don't think it's useful. Cause like, but well, like you know the digital games. in the, the in digital the realm only, of games. yeah. <laughs> but like the digital only presentations are less fun because they're not like a they're not a live. floor space events. They're not live A and B. Also like, oh, we're announcing a new game. A lot of times those games, especially ones that are coming out in the same year, will have like a uh, 
you know, a playable demo and you can get some like actual impressions out of people instead of just, here's a trailer, pr- please pre-order now. Yeah. Like, yeah. <clears throat> obviously like, it's nice to see amount of like presentation and showmanship, but like in the era where you can launch an announcement any day and it'll hit like the five big websites it needs to hit. And then everybody will talk about it for like three days. And then that's your, right. you could just do that. Yep. I think the most I've seen for an online like thing was like they did like a live Twitch announcement. I think it, I think a good example would be uh, Apex Legends because they right. they released it, they announced it and launched it on the same day. Which wild take? I wouldn't that. I guess it worked because they're still kicking. But they did a Twitch stream and it was just like, yeah, this is our game. You can play it right now. Here's everything. Yeah, and I, I also, just, oh god, I think that's what made like. I think that's like the biggest standout thing for like a digital announcement because everybody was like, Whoa, you can do that. People like that's weird true. shit. I was going to say the, 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 um, Keanu Reeves <laughs> cyberpunk well, moment. Yeah. Oh yeah. One. yeah. It was like a E3 thing that could only happen at E3 really because one, it was live Two, you know, two, it was cringe. Were, it was cringe. Yeah. And three, it was, uh, an actor putting time aside to be. I mean, how somewhere. else are we going to survive if we don't see how Ubisoft announces that there is in fact a new Just Dance without ever mentioning Just Dance if they don't show <laughs> us a dance number? Just they're the just releasing, the and I don't know about them. Yeah. Ugh. But Jeff Keighley, not to be outdone, um, tweeted soon after about uh, Summer Game Fest this June, whatever the fuck that is. You guys, that's his thing. Making it up Anything? as it goes, and then. <laughs> Jeff Grubb's game mess also happening still in the summer. So it's, I don't know, nothing will change, but it is weird to let's go to the website. Uh, this June, the video game industry unites to preview what's next. Who's their partners. It's everyone. Of course. Uh, summer game fest history. Look at the years past 2020, 2021. That's it. <laughs> That's the history. <laughs> Why do you have uh, a, page? a long lineage? Why is this a section of their website? It's just it's just Jeff Keeley with Crash Bandicoot ma- mascot, and then Jeff Keeley with someone else. Actually, I bet, a... I bet Daniel could name this person. Uh, no. Oh, okay, good. Then I'm not I'm not completely out of the loop that I don't know who this is at all. <laughs> that is quite the mask on Crash. I know. The, the, the also pandemic his, was a different time. Also, his his pupils are centered on that eyeball for the costume, <laughs> so it doesn't look like he's. He looks like he's constantly looking out into the far distance in both directions. I like that. how this is not like Jeff's house too. Like this yeah. isn't. <laughs> it's not anywhere in particular. You know, it's like, it's like his the, front the, driveway. The waviness in the middle of that Crash Bandicoot uh, costume it makes it look like he's fucking jacked. Yeah, I mean, that's a yeah. fucking Crash Bandicoot, guys. He's ripped. <laughs> He's ripped. Tim's discovering something about himself or expressing something that he already knew. Um, no, all right, moving, <laughs> moving forward in platform wars news, uh, Microsoft is moving ahead with an Xbox Game Pass family plan, which Are I you didn't three know excited? they didn't already have. <laughs> you guys can get on the same Game Pass plan. I can't because it's. You have to be in the same country. Oh, another Canadian discrimination. We're going to consolidate our Game Pass fund. (laughs) How many? It does. Is there any descriptions on it? It's like five. 
people? No, this is. I mean, this is. Uh, I wouldn't. I don't know if it would be rumor territory, but basically, the the, the author of the article is saying from a trusted source um, that uh, they've expressed their desire to create a family plan, but no further details other than that. Huh. From our information, paying on a higher tier for family plan will net access for five players. I bet I could round up five people. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it makes sense for this sort of subscription service to have a family plan. I, I guess. I like, mean, they all do, so, like, you might as well find a... I don't, I don't know why people don't do more, like, account sharing stuff. It just, I don't know. Like, uh, Netflix, they have, like, profiles, right? Like, well, they're like actively trying to develop ways to stop you now. Yeah, they're, they're working <laughs> yeah. on it, so, I mean, enjoy what you can, $3 I guess. Yeah, they, to share your password. They realized very quickly, wait... We could we're losing money by people sharing the things that they're buying, sharing the things that they're licensing, not sharing buying. the things they're renting. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> uh, all right, last platform wars. Um, Unreal had an announcement for what's you know their roadmap for Unreal Engine Five. It says it's now available to download. I swear, Unreal Five has been out for like forever. It has been. Maybe in, this is their like it has been launch. in like preview and beta. Yeah, they uh, had it for that that Matrix. Um, from what I from what I understand, some of those early beta development builds had some like awful, terrible placeholder UI that made them hard to work with. They were also doing a thing for a while where uh, builds of games, especially like stuff you'd find on like Itch and a lot of those Itch.io bundles they put out recently right. that are built in Unreal. Like the default option was to like was like a tick box for enable Steam VR support. So if you happened to have Steam VR installed on your computer, you'd launch this like very not VR game and you'd get like the Steam VR pop up in the background, which is like, fuck sakes, why is that the default? Anyway, they fixed that and the engine's ready to for prime time, I guess. So that's cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah, their big focus throughout their whole release was like, you know, movie production and single A video game production. Like they're definitely yeah, like streamlining the yeah. amount of effort required to get triple a level triple a budget level graphics like graphic fidelity yeah like because and, there's a lot of art and tools asset, and out just, there yeah and just yeah. asset like production because they have stuff like the okay. the and the like people creator where you can just generate very good looking npc human characters like extremely quickly yeah for just and they have uh, stuff and they the dynamic global illumination system and, that they're working and like on. The, they, they've, you know, in part of Epic's partnering and buying other companies, they've like bundled with a lot of companies that do really good, uh, like photometric texture stuff that you can very quickly and easily just import photos of stuff and get your 4k textures that way. Like it's, it's honestly extremely impressive how, how much work they've done to, have unity level approachability in a graphics engine designed to also be an f1 car in terms of its mm -hmm. performance and stuff it's it's cool you say that but i will guarantee you it is not at a level of unity usability <laughs> because no, of not. how much it can do yeah. and that's always going to be the thing that unreal wants to market itself towards is this market of like you want to make something quick and easy? Yeah, you could use Unity Game Maker. You want to make something that looks good? Use Unreal. You know, and I think that's what they've always gone for. And this is just more of that. How do we get 
um, tooling and the pipeline into the hands of movie people and, you know, artists, art teams to get them directly into the engine as fast as possible, because that's the pipeline they're trying to solve. How do you get from person that's like 3D sculpting a statue to then place it in the game as they realized it without any input from a programmer? Right. And that's that's mainly what they're working for. It's a tool for, you know, 3D artists and 3D visualizers, you know, but yeah. it's not a tool for like tinkerers. Well, they have, or, well, you, they, it you know, still has the full, I mean, you can still, well, actually, I think one of the, the, there's a whole other aspect to Unreal 5. I think they start with four uh, where it's like, I forget what it's called, but it's basically like snap design where it's like, hey, here's just a pre-built functional module of a thing you can just drag mm -hmm. into your game. So like, hey, I need, you know, it's not just like, hey, I need a physics engine. It's like, hey, I need this object or whatever to be a car. Oh, look, here's the car mm -hmm. routine. Boop, drop it in. And now it has, it's a full, controls are mapped. It has physics. <laughs> it's scripted. Yeah. All that stuff, like snap, drop type stuff. Really cool. So you can, and like, I know, um, a lot of production houses use it now instead of something like blender for, uh, right, exactly for rendering scenes because it does it in real it, yeah, time and you don't time. have to wait for a blender render to do because unreal just does it, it yeah, so it does well all the like, live. Yeah. yeah, it does the like calculations in real time because Blender has to bake them because that's how Blender operates because that's what Blender is. It's a mm -hmm. it's a 3D baking and get, sort of. And it looks very good when you cool. set it all up, but Unreal right. just handles that all in five so much better. It's it's a yeah, cool piece of tech. It does it in real time. It's Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I'm anti-3D. I've said it before. I'm saying it again. Oh, uh, the truth comes out. This old man's here. Where's my cool sprite and pixel games, huh? Where was that in the preview? Non-existent. What are they trying to hide? Just putting that out there. Exactly. I mean, maybe you can be the one to like leverage Unreal Engine's like ray tracing stuff and do some like cool pixel lighting. Sadly, 2D ray tracing is like trivial and like <laughs> well, you know. it's like a non-interesting you can be one of those do. fake 2d games where it's actually just everything is like 3d sprites <laughs> yeah yeah uh back to the 2.5d with just a fixed camera yeah um there's some the most impressive technology was a lot of their like um was the thing that they showed from last year in 2021 or or 2020 i don't actually remember what year it was the one where they just like zoomed in forever and there was like no yes, way to tell where the level of detail popping yeah, the was occurring well, i think it's i think that's called nanite the like mm. infinite level of detail stuff like which is yeah ridiculous because if you play any of the switch games that have come out in the past year they have the worst lod popping of like Hell, any game there are plenty of seen. pc games that have bad just because of like asset streaming being such a fucking nightmare yeah uh, there was like it. there was um i think digital foundry did a thing uh for that matrix unreal 5 engine demo on the ps5 they did like a full breakdown and part of that was they interviewed like the developer team for it and they just talked about the fact that, like, yeah, technically we're streaming, like, 90 gigabytes a second of data off a SSD here. But because we're able to do that, A, because it's an SSD, and B, we've done some, like, incredible work on, like, compression math. 
so that the actual streamed throughput is like minuscule comparatively. It's cool. Also, part of this is like that city they built for that Matrix demo is just a bundle of assets you can just check it out. You can have it. Fuck around. I tried downloading one of those bundles once. Uh, (laughs) It's a lot to get those set up. I don't recommend. I think the city. I think the city. The city asset bundle is like ninety-two gigs or something. Yeah, don't. It's not a just like the raw develop. Yeah, it's not. It's not like rendered out for a console for like final use. It's all the development overhead as well. It's fucking huge that's funny uh yeah but uh unreal engine 5 is i guess out for real go check it out um they also had some community feature stuff that i thought sounded cool there where they're building a lot of the community forums and stuff directly into the engine which i think you know again a lot of stuff that they're doing is trying to just be on par with unity's feature set and unity is trying to be on par with unreal set and i'm glad that they both exist because it pushes them both forward yep. um, to to try and you know find their niche but also like identify themselves because unity has been trying to get into the movie game forever and you know that's all their like past showcases have been it's just like check out these small indie movies that people made using unity and then unreal comes in and they're just like hey look at the mandalorian look at this like we had a team of 15 people make this movie and it's beautiful and more gorgeous than anything you've ever seen it's like okay maybe we should make movies with that one (laughs) um so yeah, that's that's the platform wars for this week. Let's talk about the game that we all had to play. Oh, uh, let's uh, talk about the game. Yay. Tim, you've been so quiet. And, and Dean, why don't you guys take it from here? Tell us all about Transformers Battlegrounds. Take me there. Yeah, our, sell me, our, sell our me Game on Pass it. roulette game that we discovered, okay, found, so, okay, well, all right. forced you know, upon. You know, you know how Transformers be like vaguely yeah you know how sometimes there's battlegrounds vaguely i don't actually like like when people do battle in a space it's called a battleground assume i know nothing about transformers let's back up i know they're cars that can look like people so they're robots in disguise uh they're based on a japanese toy line and it got brought Uh here as a cartoon entirely yeah almost entirely divorced from the original and uh yeah, definitely took on a the one i remember it. was the 90s cgi beast wars that's beast the wars. only transformers yeah. i ever watched the transformers AKA, battlegrounds aka beasties is a tactical turn-based uh thing xcom it's xcom light it's uh it's based off of a uh a newer uh transformers series transformers cyberverse Retitled Transformers Bumblebee Cyberverse Adventures in Season 3, apparently, according to this Wikipedia article. Sure, dude. <laughs> yeah, that fits yeah, the, right. uh, the target audience sure I me. was picking up from on this uh, video game. Allegedly, was, this is just 10 a years old game. It what? Tra- You're was... telling me this game with three buttons on their main menu that was spread across the entire vertical space of the screen was made for mobile devices yeah. <laughs> apparently this is shovelware from a mobile device rather than two which is is usually... it because it says released years by system nintendo switch xbox one playstation 4 microsoft windows that's it huh. oh if it I get the feeling that this could have ended up on an iPhone pretty easily. It really feels like this was made for mobile. Right? (laughs) That's what I'm saying. Um, So I I can't fault you for for, for that. Especially, like, weirdly, the the thing that 
put me in that mindset first was uh, the options menu not being on the main menu and instead being one layer deep. I'm like, this feel that's a very mobile game thing to do. Put your and settings also, I mean, menu. The in developer the game. it wouldn't have surprised me at all because literally their entire output is it's licensed games. It's all licensed games. Yeah, Look, that's not the developer. That is the publisher. Let that's me link to you. Oh no. The developer. This is why you need me in here. This is, this is, well, this is what I bring. This is what I bring. Steve, to I don't know. Discord is asking me if I trust this domain. <laughs> uh, it is made by CoatSync, who have ported a it's... surprising number of games, um, but oh, I don't know what of the games they've actually like made and what they ported. What's nice is they actually tell you like what they did on it, though, <laughs> for some of them. Uh, it looks like they ported islanders which is cool because i like if you subscribe to their newsletter you can get a drm free copy of their game chip this is so weird that they 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 published these games but then they were involved in moonglow bay that game's pretty good they published it but what's weird is another company published transformers battlegrounds so not only are they developed games they're also publishing other games that are being developed can you be a developer publisher being published why didn't they self-publish oh my god (laughs) no time out if they're if they're gonna do both why didn't they self-publish i'm so confused it's a team of uh maybe outright had the rights to the transformers i'm I'm thinking and they just picked a version of kingdom too it's actually a pretty big team you go to their team there's a good number of people here this is like uh see oh shit they did uh they did onward well they published onward if you click on if if you click on it it tells you like what they did parts we played (laughs) published (laughs) yeah i'm Uh, surprised to see that they both published did testing in qa and co-development for moon glow bay that's i had no idea this this is a huge team they're from the uk they are like a 70 person team i'm looking if i count wow. well I, yeah that makes sense if they're also publishing i imagine like 40 of those people are probably on the uh the publishing side of the company the two vps are tom and eddie beardsmore wow nice. uh, i mean if you insist oh wait and the head of the studio is richard snowden no relation <laughs> So anyway, Transformers Battleground is a mediocre XCOM sim. You know, and that's kind I of the long has, and short of it, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's the like. Um, I, if I was either way into Transformers in general or ten years old and into this cartoon, I think I'd really like this game. Yeah, I mean, the gameplay is is very standard. You know, you get your three action points to spend between actions hey, and movement. Three instead of two. Yeah. Um, it's <laughs> just, yep. Okay. Yep. Moving on. This is Special ability <laughs> you can spend multiple action points on. That's yeah, kind of neat. E- each transformer has their own sort of leveled ability that you could spend action points on to increase the, the effect of it. It is um, fully voice acted. You yeah, guys are forgetting some of this. That biggest, shocked me. Fully, that, it, it, yeah, that's, that was I a was weird one. Fully didn't, didn't need to be. Didn't need to be. <laughs> didn't expect it to be either. I think it's based off the cartoon. Is there a yeah. cartoon? Yeah. Yeah, I it's yeah. That's what Hold Tim on. said. Pay I mean, like a new cartoon. Clean the shit out of yours, Andrew. I bet a new cartoon. Is there like a new cartoon? Uh, yes. Yes. Transformers: The Adventures of Bumblebee. Yeah. 
I, I, I'm going to be honest with you guys. This is, I mean, it's a much better licensed game than it really needed to be. Yeah, no. I mean, like, yeah. There's, there's nothing my, really bad about this. It's my just... main problem with the game is that it's a tactics game that doesn't have much going on, like a lot of tactics games. Yeah, I wasn't even sure if, like, cover, like, you usually, in, in like, XCOM, you have half cover and you have full cover, but I, I couldn't tell if cover did anything, because there weren't, like, hit percentages when you were when you were taking shots, so I was just yeah, like, that's... is this just going to hit? I think cover is just, like, forcing your opponent to move to get them into a more advantageous position for later. Yeah, that's exactly it. You can't and, shoot someone through cover. And there is there is also explodable cover, which is sort of like a, you know. Some bastard, poor bastard's truck yeah. gets in the way. Collateral damage cover. 40,000 feet away. Yeah, like, yeah, that, if, uh, if you're looking this up online, followers, it is called Transformers Cyberverse. Transformers Cyberverse. Where everyone goes to cyber. <laughs> tight anyway but yeah um everybody has their own unique ability uh the one thing i thought was i i guess an interesting choice that they made was as you upgrade abilities for like the sort of classes because there's like scout brawler whatever between whichever transformers yeah they have like archetypes um, it's a full replacement of a, of like the standard ability. So like instead of your standard like gunshot or like blaster shot or what have you, um, you fully replace it with like the Overwatch ability. Wait, really? Yeah, yeah you didn't. Yeah, that sucks. I I mean I got to the well, point where you unlock well, the shot, because, but I because didn't. then you always because you always have your unique character ability that you can spend one to three AP on. So you always yeah. still have an attack. So you have that one unique ability to that uh, to that Autobot, and then you have like the standard ability that you can replace with other skills. And honestly, Overwatch is kind of better, if not effectively the same, because the second <laughs> somebody moves, it shoots them, and then you have a chance to... Uh, that has a percentage chance of locking them down so they can't attack. So like, honestly, I didn't see a point in having a regular blaster shot when you could just do Overwatch. Yeah, it like it has neat ideas. I'm just this style, like even XCOM 2, the most recent XCOM, I was like, I felt the same way where I was like, yeah, this is fine, but I don't want to continue poking at it because there doesn't seem like there's enough tactics in the tactics part and strategy in the strategy part to really draw me in. I've been spoiled by... Yeah games that either have extremely involved strategy layers outside of the tactics game or have like extremely strong rpg components for like the character building stuff or like a straight up chicago yeah Yeah, even that had some running yeah like that had more that i felt that i found more engaging because of its different layers even if it wasn't a whole lot better good <laughs> but like something yeah, like right. this where it's just like it's so straightforward even with its stuff that it was like all right it's fine i just another, don't click with that type of strategy game as much as i used to another thing i think that they and that uh they do is it i think is interesting definitely tripping over my words here um the energon meter for the ultimate abilities so your team has your team has this entire meter uh, that's shared where like every action point you spend gives them like fills it up. And then if you have leftover action points, they bank straight into the thing and you can either do 50 or a hundred percent for an ultimate ability that is specific to that character. 
but it's shared across the whole team. So like you could do two ultimates at 50% or one at a hundred. Yeah. And, and that builds real fast. It too. builds real fast and it opened up some like interesting options for that. I was considering for like ex- just extra movement or just extra damage in a turn. Because yeah. most of them do move and do damage. I, I do think like it, it does open up a lot of um, tactical yeah. options with the, with the Energon bar. But I think my problem became uh, uh, who who needs all these options when you can just sort of bang your head against the wall and you you, you got it you're 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 good you you did it well but maybe this maybe this alleviates itself why don't you tell me Andrew <laughs> tell me what you fucking played this game did you know yeah, that when you're selecting failed. the very first mission you can change the difficulty from easy to hard <laughs> I went medium and yeah, was I weirded out that it defaulted regular to- style. I, I was weirded well, out it defaulted to easy, to be honest. I will tell you in hard, you me. you go from being like, what are all these options for it to, oh my god, I have no options. Everything I do is going to get me killed here. Perfect balance. <laughs> so what is it, just like the enemies do increased damage or something? I don't think so. I think there's just like a lot of enemies. Like on that mission where it was like, you have to escape. There is like five dudes on the map and each one did, you know, two damage. And, you know, what's his face? Bumblebee, Bumblebee only had like 12 health, I think. 12 or something. So it was like, yeah. all right, I have three turns to make it to where I need to go. That and reminds not me die. of like, that reminds me of like some of the like challenge missions in like Advanced Wars, where it's like, well, if you don't <laughs> win by turn four, you like literally can't do anything. Or uh, any mission and into the breach. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Here's uh here's my pro tip for you gamers if you're looking for a speedrun tip. Uh if you kill off your own character, you can get to your target destination with just one of the bots and it still counts. Yeah, that's what I did. <laughs> that's perfect. Get on over there, Windblade. <laughs> Windblade was fine. Bumblebee Heck, didn't make flies. it. Bumblebee. Can, uh... Bumblebee got left. Look, Bumblebee got rest in down peace, in comrade. I can't believe they they have Bumblebee talking. They fucking fixed his oh, does voice it, box. Are you kidding oh, me? Oh, they addressed it. They fixed yeah. his voice box. <laughs> oh, thank God. <laughs> kidding me? So does That's it not, feel like they didn't like, play test it on hard? No, it feels like the developers who have been playing it a really long time were like, this game is so easy. I need a mode where like there's some chance of losing. And then they de- designed it around that. Um, <laughs> They're like, hey, we played Fire Emblem on hard. We can. We need to put some of that in here. <laughs> uh, I, I want to talk about Windblade. <laughs> So I never heard of Windblade ever. And this character shows up and is like, look at my cool sword. And I'm I'm like a, a geisha for some reason. And I got this samurai sword. And I was like, whoa, that's cool. And then none of her abilities can use it. And I thought that was weird. <laughs> Why have a sword and in your video if all of your abilities are fan and shoot with an Uzi that I didn't even know you had? <laughs> And uh, the, the, yeah. ulti- the ultimate ability, Andrew, is the wind blade. I, to me, it just says jump up and stomp. It, With it the fucking it, sword, my guy. It could have oh, just been a stomp. Her ability sucks compared to to Dinobot kill everyone in a three block radius. <laughs> so why would I use anyone else's? She has the movement range so that you can do it further. Ugh. Yeah, and Bumblebee just turns into Bumblebee God just turns into it. a car and runs people over, which is where's your stra- where's your sense of strategy, Andrew? Where's your tactics? I actually didn't get to finish the uh, Soundwave mission. It was too hard for me, and I had to join this podcast. I'm just like Dog. I'm just so 
so much of what I know about Transformers is like osmosis from people who want, were old enough to have watched the original when it was on. And like my entire frame of reference for Transformers is were they in Beast Wars? No, no fucking idea who any of these people are. People apparently Soundwave's a guy. He's in like all of these. He's popular. No fucking idea who that is. See is the one that turns into like a jukebox. I like I honestly don't know. I just like the cool robot, you know? We like we Which like one's robots. the cool one? The the one with the dinosaur. <laughs> so why is the dinosaur Okay, there are cars, there're jets, there's a fire truck. We're all hung up on this. Well, it's because he's a dinobot and there's you to be hung up on this. You don't drive a dinosaur. So the real reason you don't. The real reason is localization trying to find a reason to a name to give to this cool other toy line that the company that makes Transformers makes. So you got Dinobots. It's the same reason why there are Constructicons and uh, whatever the miniature ones are called and all that shit. Gobots? Gobots. Yeah, it's just because like we needed like a that. name. He's a dinosaur. He's a Dinobot. They're all a thing. Did you say Constructicon? Yeah. Yeah, I think those are the, like the the little guys that like combine together. I want to have our thing. special guest come on to tell us about how Transformers. Uh, I think the Constructicons were really important in like the the, the animated series for the yeah. Mid-2000s. There's like some lore shit with that. I don't know. I recognize the word All Spark from the intro of this game because I've watched the Transformers Michael Bay movies. <laughs> you guys are <laughs> like, not the cars. Yeah. Yeah. It's, Beast all, Wars yeah. it's cool. all Daniel's been talking about was Beast This Wars. is all very like deep memory shit I'm, for me. I'm wondering if you're here listening to the podcast <laughs> as it happens sometimes. I didn't I thought Daniel was talking about Constructicons and GoBots, because that's all I heard, and then my brain shut off. To so quote I... <laughs> to quote Daniel from ten minutes ago, literally all my frame of reference is from two uh, the Beast Wars from the nineties. And I osmosis right. from people my that guy. are like ten years older than me. That part I heard. Yeah. I heard all of that except he listens stories. sometimes. It's all about rat. I'm all about that rat trap lifestyle of being. I feel a like we're not recording coward. the same show. Did you guys talk about Zoids yet? I want to talk about Zoids. <laughs> not Transformers, but sure, let's talk about right Zoids. Now? Talk about Kamen Zoids Rider. is better than Transformers. It's, there, I said it. <laughs> sure, dude. Not the whole of your keynote. It not even tangentially. Yeah, thanks for related. coming to my TED talk. It was six <laughs> words. Uh, apparently it is tangentially related because it's a Japanese line of toys that turned into a cartoon. So I feel like that. Zoids X Transformers. Where's my crossover? Thank you. I want Optimus Prime riding a Zoid into battle. (laughs) That would be dope. All right. Somewhere. So anyway, if you want want a more enjoyable. uh, I was going to say, if you want a more enjoyable, engaging Transformers experience, uh, there's a good episode of The Toys That Made Us on Netflix that's all about There was a really, what was it, War for Cybertron, the PS2 game? There was also a uh, Platinum Games developed uh, Transformers brawler. But you're not allowed to play it anymore. Well, (laughs) don't bring it up. (laughs) Doesn't exist. Making a deal is pretty good. Yeah. Actually, I was going to um, mention during the news thing. I'll just bring it up here real quick. You can play the original Angry Birds again. It's thank been, God. Uh, re-released sure, onto modern smart devices, uh, Atlas, and uh, microtransaction free. You can just play Angry Birds Classic. They uh, undelisted it. Rodeo Take that. I believe the word soft. is relisted. Take that from soft. They no, I like the way Daniel put it. Uh, undelisted. Yeah. Rodeo right. is worth so much money. Amazing. 
I'm, I'm, I'm impressed by this. 480 employees, 272 million euros in 2020. Okay, wait, we, hold on. We're getting ahead of ourselves. We have a whole metric for this bullshit if we're going to finish this segment. Well, I want to, uh, will, uh, will you fin- finish it? Uh, I will say mm. no, I just don't have enough time for this game. I did want to say the one thing about this though, that I wanted to sort of echo. Cause I've been hard on a lot of the other things we've been talking about. I actually think this game was perfectly serviceable. I yeah. think it went and achieved exactly what it was trying to do. It's a franchise game. I think if you liked the like little kid cartoon, then you would like this little kid tactics game. It like plays itself. Put it on an iPad. Give it to a seven-year-old. They'll love it. Give it to a ten-year-old. They'll love it. Like give it to a twelve-year-old, maybe they might like they, it. No. Yeah. Again, as I said earlier, maybe if I was ten years old and a fan of the show, I would love this game. It feels like yeah. that sort of thing, but like it's just and as far it, as, as, as licensed it games, it's, it's it's solid. Yeah. I was not expecting this to be fully voice acted. I was That's expecting wild. it to break more. Yeah. So, good stuff. Um. Daniel, will you finish it? No, I. <laughs> and it's like not even because it's like a it's no. of a like no. It's just that it's like it's just the genre. I'm just not interested in straight XCOM. I'm like not even really interested in XCOM anymore because they're just too straightforward. I either want the simulation layer to be a paradox game, or I need the tactics layer to be like close combat. That's, that's where I'm at now with with XCOM likes. Uh, Dean, you get, you gonna finish it? I don't even finish games I like, my guy. Are you going to play it ever again? Oh no, fuck no. <laughs> okay. Uh, and Tim, you know what? No. <laughs> the suspense, that heavy pause. You know what? Tim had to think about this one. Not gonna uh, go against the grain on that one. No, no, absolutely not. So we gotta spin the wheel. Next game, let's do it. I mean, I let's gave get... us this one, so it's somebody else's turn. They can be the one to. I want a new game. I want a good one. I've, I've, I've had it with these ever, mediocre games. Have I ever done the spinny spun? I don't yes. think I've spun I don't it. Think I, you, I, have, you haven't no. done it in a while, probably. I th- I've been trying to go counterclockwise on I've, our... I've done it not only goal. exactly once, but also don't care. So you can have my turn as well, Tim. <laughs> it's somebody else's turn. Fuck, see how this goes. Beep, boop, 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 beep, boop, 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 beep. Oh, hey. That's pretty good. Mm-hmm. A little ditty called Unsighted. Oh, hey. That's a real game. An actual real game. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, is. I don't know about real, but it is an actual game. Oh, this game. I wanted to check this out. This yeah, is no, new. this has been this on 2021 like, uh, from September. This has been this like a, uh, something I've been interested in, at least. What is this? One of the Metroidvanias? Um, no. But like I a top think. down, I think. Maybe Ooh. it is a Metroidvania. I mean, it's oh, co-op, Tim. <laughs> I, don't, what are you, I don't know. What are you, what are you gesturing towards? And yeah, Tim. <laughs> Could play this game together. All right, if you insist, man, let's do it. Stream it. I so I just like the difference in perspective between like let's say if Dan has a hard time with it, but we breeze the fuck through it because we were like tag teaming it. Uh, pick a time and place. We'll figure it out. Okay. Um, this is uh, published by Humble. What? Bundle. No, 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 absolutely not. <laughs> They're already booting it up, folks. <laughs> They're playing it now. Ah, uh, looks cool. Yeah, I'll check it out. I I've had it on uh, lists of things that I've been looking at, so it seems good. Uh so we'll play that and get back to you on how that was. Uh, I'll probably play this for more than forty minutes, like I did Transformers, because it looks 
like it deserves more than 40 minutes of my time. I'm sorry, Transformers. If I knew you were going to be as polished as you were, I would have given you at least a couple hours. I feel like I could have even beaten it. I was like zooming for, you know. Yeah, I, I completed Act 1 in like 45 minutes. Yeah. Feels like a short game. I feel like I could have gotten through it, but uh, alas. There's a um, dark twist where... There's a dark twist where you apparently where you probably like go back in time and now have to play. I don't know. I don't know. That's what all these games do, right? Like, hey, here's the fan service for the older fans. We're gonna throw in OG Optimus out of nowhere. I don't know. So we're we're out of time uh, again. What I'd love to do is reserve next week's episode for just games we've played and actually talk about them for a oh, while. Fuck. So I play video games, man. Well then, you gotta you gotta play a game. It says, it says it says some more Kirby. You can talk about Kirby. We already talked about Kirby. Sorry, you gotta play video games. That's the theme. That's the I, theme of the that's the theme of the podcast. I don't know what to tell you, I, bud. I was told this was a comic slash beard enthusiast podcast. Oh no 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 no! That's just so we could get your foot in the door. Fuck! Surprise! No, but I'd I'd love to go over uh, Ghostwire Tokyo. Um, I, I'm actually probably gonna beat it right after this. Oh, yeah, uh, fuck, cool. you put in some hours in there, huh, bud? Good excuse for uh, me to uh, play more of Weird West. How's your other game going, Tim? The, I'm definitely going to dive into Weird West myself, actually. What are you talking about, Andrew? Yeah, Probably what's our Babylon that you're keeping alive? <laughs> that I, I'm, I'm singularly keeping alive. I'm, I'm propping up Babylon's Fall. <laughs> the servers, yes, correct. <laughs> I'm going to be honest with you. I haven't opened it uh, in probably a week and a half. You're free. Um, Has the nightmare ended? No, absolutely not. I'm going back to it. I, play, I paid money for I, that shit. Don't go back to it. You can just stop doing things. <laughs> it, it keeps, it, no, I do it, it all the time. Listen, no, it's nice to me. It, 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 it doesn't mean to wrong me. It, it's, 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 a, it's, a good, it's, a good, it's a good game at it heart. Can it, doesn't, change. It, doesn't to, <laughs> it can change. I can change it. It just, it just can't control itself I sometimes. I can fix it. <laughs> There was patch notes. I told you that bruise is when I fell into a doorknob. It's, <laughs> it's a, it's a good, it's a good game. It's, it means well. Oh it doesn't God. mean to do these things. Jesus. And before we offend someone for real, uh, uh, my guy. domestic violence is not a joke. <laughs> disclaimer. Domestic violence is not a joke. And if you are in trouble, please contact the police or someone you know and love and stay with them for several days while you can figure it out. Um, outside of that, Babylon's Fall seems like a bad game, and you should probably stop playing it. <laughs> Oh so. yeah, you're probably right. But I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna head back into that one after Ghostwire. Uh, um. All right, that's the show. Thank you so much for joining us. We hope next week will be exciting as we talk about video games. No news. No updates. Just the raw games. What if what if what if something really exciting is announced? We'll talk about it. Oh, okay, cool. Podcast. <laughs> yeah. Surprise! <laughs> it's the PlayStation Six. If I uh, if I my my Steam Deck email, uh, surprise! We're talking about the Steam Deck for an hour. He's just gonna oh. tell us about it for an hour while we listen. <laughs> while I drive down to your house and rob you. Oh man, I actually got to see the Steam Deck in person. Um, mm. The other day it was cool, Kevin, Fuck because me. Kevin has one. Shut up. Closer to it, it than any of us. I know. I got to see it live. I saw him like swapping between just plugging it into a monitor, it, unplugging it, walking yeah, away, and playing, playing Elden Ring. I was like, "Wow!" Blowing my mind. I was like, oh, "That could be me if I killed Kevin and took his Steam Deck." Drastic. Uh, anyways, uh, that's it. Thank you. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Later.
right, cut this part out. I was going to say, no, it's real drastic. Is you know what I watched yesterday and it was a really good time was face off. <laughs> <laughs> I was just talking about that. Wait, movie wait, like, the other yeah. day. 